You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry. I'm delighted to say that my guest this week is Kerry football legend Kieran Donaghy. Kieran gave 100% to every time he put on the green and gold jersey and always had his socks up to his knees. The four-time All-Ireland winner announced his retirement from inter-county football, drawing the curtains on a phenomenal 14-year career with Kerry. Named Player of the Year in 2006, Kieran picked up three All-Stars, four All-Ireland medals, eight Munster medals and three National Football League medals throughout his career. Kieran, thanks a million for coming in today. No bother. Really appreciate it. Congratulations on, on the big win. Yeah, thanks a million, man. It was more relief. I was just talking to Helmut on reception. Uh, came to the dressing room after the game. There was like 10 fellas sitting with their heads against the wall, taking big breaths. Um, wouldn't be the norm coming into the dressing room after winning the county final. It'd usually be a bit more boisterous now. Yeah. When Dylan came in with the cup, it, it took off a bit. But I think the initial feeling um, was was just relief from the players because uh, they put an awful lot into it and then there was a lot riding on the final and uh, the work that Wayne has done over his 10 or 12 years involved with Stack Seniors as a coach as uh, was kind of came to fruition with another batch of his young fellas coming through um, the first batch was Barry Shannon and those boys that were part of the 2014 success and then he Dylan Casey and Joe Connor and these fellas coming through now so uh, it, it, it was great I must say kicked off after celebrations kicked off Dylan came in with the cup and when fellas saw a bit of silverware the, the crack started in the heads lifted up um, <laughs> coming up to kick the, the penalty was there nerves or were you Oh yeah, no, was, geez, there was loads of nerves. You know, it could have been my last kick for the club. Uh, so there was loads of nerves. Um, but in fairness, actually, probably watching the four young fellas before me and the way they just stepped up and wrapped them in actually gave me a bit of confidence. If it was, you know, if, if the score had been 2-1 with yeah. score and loads of fellas and misses, there's a lot going through your head. There is, yeah. But I was just seeing Stacks fellas drilling them in, drilling, drilling them, them in, in, drilling them in. Obviously, Gutsy's big save from, from Ivan Parker set it up then. Massive, but, yeah. You know, it was... You know, and I've no, there's no qualms in saying it. Like it's an easier kick when it's the hero kick when it's it the one just to score to exactly, win. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, no better feeling than after after slotting it in. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, I was it was after eighty minutes, so I was starting to cramp up at the end of the eighty minutes. So Phil said I looked very cool when I was walking up to take the penalty. I said I was walking because I was afraid to run in case I got cramp on the way into on the, the ball. Way in, yeah, yeah. Um, and I ran to jump on gutsy afterwards because he made the big save that put me in the position and uh, it was a massive save. The two legs cramped as I was just about to jump up on top of him, so he had all sixteen and a half stone fall on top of him really. And then all the boys around me in the ground, and I was roaring that I've cramped my calves. Nobody heard it. Uh, There was too much mayhem going on at that time. But look, we were, you know, St. Brendan's have to get a lot of credit. I think they they had a lot to do with our win. I think we really need to look at ourselves. It, It gave us a good gut check on. Uh, maybe settling too much on, on a style of play and, and, and to keep it fresh and, and to keep it changing up and I feel Wayne Mikey Collins Foggy Jonathan Conway Tommy they, 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 that two weeks in between the semi-final and the final uh, they nailed our preparation um, and they nailed the, 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 the slight tweaks we wanted to add to our to our game plan and uh, they came to fruition on, on the big day so uh Again, small tweaks can make such they can make such a difference, can't they? Yeah, and you know you often find like you know this from your playing days, but like it's kind of going into big games. Sometimes there can be a kind of a 
let's do this and let's yeah. do that and, and and you're kind of you're you're maybe cramming something in that hasn't been in your your game too much Could be overthinking uh, it then kind of whereas this was just the kind of was one of the key messages we had all year but we just kind of slightly slipped away from it and and uh, once the boys narrowed the focus and that our football you know after a tough Tuesday and Thursday after that game because we were all probably a bit tired after the after the the emotions and obviously 80 minutes into the legs and the Tuesday night session there was it was light enough but a lot of talking about how we must get better or or, or Strand Road would beat us because they were going really well after their win against Croke so we were, we were really hard on ourselves on the Tuesday night and again on the Thursday it was a wild wet night and the football wasn't great and yeah. fellas were slipping and sliding and balls were slipping and sliding and fellas were edgy but I actually sent a message into the group on the Friday morning to say I love where we're at because if you're kind of all clapping each other in the back going into a final I don't think it's ever good, you know. I think no. I think even with Kerry, the All Irelands we won, there was always a bit of edginess in the build up to an All Ireland. There might have been a bad session or two where fellas are really at each other and demanding more off each other and that's not good enough. And no. you know, I think that 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 definitely that, that Tuesday and Thursday did that for us and we came back on Sunday we we, we in that message I said to the lads, you know, just just, you know, go for a meal with your girlfriend, go with your mum and dad. Uh get Get to those that love you most, and just chill out and relax with your with your friends or whoever, and uh, and just forget about the game yeah. because it it, it it started straight away, like from Sunday at four o'clock when 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 Strand Road won, it it, it started, in. yeah, kick started. So when you said like you know, kind of just go out for a meal and stuff, I know myself when um after my accident when the lads were were playing my my own team spa, the miners they used to. They used to ask me in there the day before, just give them an old, you know, talk. And I used to tell them, like, win or lose, you know, myself, when I'm looking at it now, I used to think that when I was playing, losing, it's the least of the problems. Mm. When I, when, you know, when I see my situation now, even when I was in hospital there and truly after my accident, um, Dunnick Walsh was my, my physio. Oh, yeah, Dunnick is brilliant, yeah. And um, they were in the All-Ireland that year, 2017. Maybe semi-final Mayo. Semi-final Mayo, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I remember he, he was going up on the Friday and he said that he'd see me on the Monday, but he was only gone out the door and I said to my, my parents, I goes, flip it. I should have asked him for the, to keep the jersey for me after. Yeah. And um, when when he came in on the Monday, he had the jersey signed for me and everything. Do you know, he had, he had it he had it brought without me even asking. Yeah. But um, I think it's just looking back at small things like that it's not taking it too too serious before a match but still be aware um i suppose but you're that's you're like what you're saying there is kind of giving the boys a bit of perspective yeah you know and i think that's very important for for youngsters and and you know people that are getting to the age of 17 18 and if they're losing big games and if they've done something bad in the game like you know i, I was in that position in an under 16 final where i made an awful mistake at the end of a game the costas county final and you know it it, it 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 only feels like the end of the world, but it's really just it's a not. micro. Yeah, it's 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 not at all. It's a yeah. game, and especially at a young age, like there's nothing, you know. Um, it, it, when you get to my age, and you're you, you know the games are, are running out for you, yeah. you know that loss is kind of one where you'll be like, oh, that's 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 the end. Uh, but when you're 16, 17, 18 yeah. there's going to be hundreds of more games for you it's all ahead of you uh, it's all ahead of you but yeah that, given that perspective is is um, it's important like you know because 
it is it's a game you know and, and sport is incredible the emotions it gives you yeah. and people will say that you know that you know that win or that final whistle was was right up there with with, with stuff that that happened in their life but the it's just a game and like we, we just we just don't take enough uh value in just getting up every day and yeah. being okay and being healthy and you do know. they say appreciate the things you have before they become the things you had yes and speaking yes. of of club um and stacks can you remember i suppose a lot of people you start off with club then you go to county and then after county you're kind of back with club again do you remember growing up when you were young when you when you were say on six and stuff was there a player that you looked up to and that kind of gave you that you kind of looked up to as a role model when you were when you were young growing up watching football yeah um uh, you know f- under six is like you know uh, I was under six in 1989 Mikey she had just kind of retired he had his bad knee injury and uh you know Mike used to come down and give out the the coke and potatoes at the the last training of the year or whatever the under sixes or give out the trophies or something like that so you know it, we were uh, spoon fed the golden years at that time so to Mikey Sheehy Mikey Sheehy is, is gets a lot of uh, plaudits on the golden years video um, some of the backs until you didn't get enough credit at all that it was all, it was a forwards <laughs> DVD forwards. a forwards tape uh, but Mikey was, was obviously pure class and uh, so he would have been the kind of first and then the club kind of scene um, I used to love a man he, he, he since died the creator um John Galvin Gala he was more favourably known as by the stacks um, you know just a, a, a pure warrior on the pitch like wasn't much to him but would throw his body into anything in yeah. desperate circumstances but he would come out with balls that he'd never supposed to come out with and uh, he was one of my favourites on that 94 team which is really when you know the, the seeds were starting to be sown as a, as a footballer and you know being in the parade on the way out to, to Killarney for that yeah. Crokes replay and you know uh, Gala at left half back bombing around the place and the Monday morning afterwards I went up and asked for his jersey I'd say um, typical young fella asking. typical young fella asking for the jersey which he's never going to get because it's a valuable jersey but in fairness to Gala he went into the bag and he had a sick head in him now because I'd say I was fine and early the next morning and I'd say he mightn't have got much sleep at all he went rummaging through the bag and he pulled me out two pairs a pair of black and amber socks with Deep heat, absolutely ringing out of them. Yeah, man. Uh, and uh, I wore them socks underneath my own socks uh, for probably the next six or seven years with stacks. And I lost one. Then there was big drama, and then my my right foot would be size kind of thirteen and a half nearly, and my left foot would be about thirteen. So it's, there's a slight <laughs> difference. So slight I, difference. I, 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 the boots would be thirteen and a half. So the left one was always a bit loose. So I, I put that the sock I had on the left leg all the time and uh, Gala was left legged and I, I, I did that all the way up to minor till basically the sock could no longer go on because it was always falling down, falling but, uh, down. so he would have been my he would have been my kind of stacks kind of guy from the club really at, at that age um, the fact you said the the socks a young fella I remember when I I played in Croke Park before my accident it was only under 12 but I remember when I was leaving there that day I I, I got a fist of grass yeah. off the pitch and I used to put it inside my love every match and I used to be it's where I was scoring points from the 40 yard line Yeah, but um, it's guess at that age though you know small things small things just, like that yeah it's just it's uh, 
and you know, that's what it's all about as well sport, that is man might, like you know I was I was the guy that was knocking on Ricardo Leonard's house um, the basketballer that played with the Chile Tigers like and asking him to quote and have shots at me so any of my interactions you know since I be, you know started getting on the Kerry team and had notoriety or whatever like that through sport it, I was always uh, keenly aware of that when that when kids come up um, to uh, do whatever they want and, and, and give them that, that bit of time because uh I know well I was I was once that, that kid. Yeah. Um coming up through the ages then, um your first minor appearance was brought in before the Dublin Dublin semi final, was it? Yeah. That must have that must have meant a lot to you, did it? That was kind of the start of, of it, Yeah. Week. It kinda of sowed the scene seeding really it gave me a bit of confidence really because uh I wasn't on the squad up until that felt I should have been but wasn't and then yeah. when I was called in to the squad it was great and I was on the bus to Crow Park and you know it was a huge honour to get in there and to be in the dressing rooms and all them small things and uh, and yeah uh, you know it was 12 or 14 minutes gone and I was, and I was put put in midfield and it was a, an unbelievable game we had a great team and, and came up short against a very good Dublin team who lost in the replay to Sean Cavan as Tyrone I think um, but that was um, you know it was it, it, I suppose what it did is it just gave me the bit of um the grow to try and get back whereas I don't know if I didn't get there who, who knows would I have had the, the, the determination Confidence. or would I have been knocked back so much by thinking I was good enough to be on the minor squad and not being picked you know for whatever reasons um, uh, and you know would I have kind of been one of those guys that said oh I should have been a minor and yeah, you know, yeah. It, it never happened for me you know what I mean yeah. so it, it, it certainly gave me huge confidence uh, to, 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 to drive on drive on we're going to go for a quick break. We'll be straight back after these. You're very welcome back to the show. I'm here today with Kieran Donaghy. If you're just joining us now, the full interview will be up on the Radio Kerry website in the podcast section straight after the show. I was reading the... Was it true you turned down the scholarship to play in the under-21, the Munster final? Yeah. The um, After that happened, was there ever a time that you kind of regretted turning it down or did you always kind of stick by that it was the right decision? I can't regret it because of what happened. Um, What came after it, I suppose, yeah. Exactly. But there's a huge part of me that would always have loved to to see um, what level I could have got to in basketball if I had been training four hours a day, you know, two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening with a a Division One college in America, going against the very best... um, uh, and how they would pick apart your game and improve all the skill sets, and I would have been coachable that way, and I would have, you know, been I would have had the determination and had the hustle, and I would have been able to play the defense. So I would have loved to have seen what they could have maybe done a bit more with my offensive game, because um, my IQ levels would be would be good on, on on a basketball floor, knowing what's needed and when it's needed. And uh, there is a part of me that always, you know, you see the. Uh, the movies in America like of the basketball yeah. movies when guys are in college and it's like it looks like a great experience to, to, to be on and you know playing in big stadiums and uh, big crowds and unbelievable atmospheres and uh, yeah I would have like you know there's part of me said I would have loved to have gone for a year or two and then slotted back in and had to carry a journey but yeah. you can't have it that way you know Point life is life is a, it's a great thing isn't it yeah you have to make decisions and what at the time at the time I just thought I could we thought we'd win that under twenty one All Ireland, and it was I was no after. I was devastated, like because we did, we got beaten in the Munster final. 
you know, there was lots going on in my own life and then missing the, the, the chance to go to America and not being sure of, you know, am I am I am I gonna be What's under twi- am I gonna be called into the Kerry Seniors? Because that's yeah. a big step even at under twenty one level because I was never the star of the show underage, never and uh but I was solid and thankfully, you know, Jack and them saw a bit of potential instead of calling me in for training games and it kinda went from there then. Yeah. Can you remember your your first um Appearance, senior football for Kerry. Yeah, the most vivid one, I suppose, is 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 I played a bit against Daffy coming on as a sub, but I started against Dublin, Massastax Park, and that was massive at home, I suppose. Massive at home in front of my own crowd and uh, the you know the dubs as well in town, like in the yeah. you know even though they weren't as good as they are now, they they still always brought a big crowd and had you know the banter was always good um, and yeah, Mark and Kieran Whelan and. He taught me a few lessons that day that I that I took took forward with me, and uh, you know it was it was a great experience. It, it furthered all, all these little things in along the way were just it's uh, subcon- subconsciously were just furthering my belief in yeah. myself that I can do it because I you know I wasn't that guy as a, as a seventeen year old will say I wasn't. I don't think there was too many people saying you know he'll he'll go on and, and do well. Um, the small things you were picking up the kind of. Snowball into the big, the big goal at the end. I suppose was that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All them little moments are 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 crucial, and you know, most of them are losses, and yeah. most of them are learning lessons. That's um, how you but learn. You have to it? go through that to you do. to figure out the other side of it. Speaking of the the scholarship in in America, you're obviously known for being a great basketball, and it's been a big part of your life. Um, yes. Was basketball. Can you kind of remember basketball being in your life before football at a younger age, or was it was it something in the family that was always there? I'd heard my nan talking about my mum when she played in in schools basketball that she was a good basketballer. No, I'd say that to my mum. My mum would say I wasn't. I was, you know, was school basketball or whatever. Yeah. But my my mum was tasty at basketball, and uh, but yeah, it was it was actually above the north with my dad when I saw basketball for the first time. It was one of those ones with all the multicolors around it, and I was like, "What's what's what's that like?" You know, and uh, my dad famously said, "Oh, it's a girls' game," and uh, <laughs> leave it behind you. And there's a football over there and cop on to yourself. But uh, yeah, my cousins had uh, the Scots had a basket outside the house. They were actually kind of netball players, really more so. But um, I, I first time the ball went through the hoop. In a way, I was kind of. That was that was enough to get me going at the game and kind of only tipped away really at that for for a few years and played a small bit in national school and and then at twelve uh, went into the Shalee Tigers and you know I, I realised my game was uh, not where it needed to be yeah and not at the level to 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 play in the team and that summer I asked my mom for a, a basketball hoop to put outside the garage and uh, you know I say this to kids all all the time even at my camps or whatever or just even in talks with them like that you know if you want to get better going to the training session and training like everybody else just isn't enough it just yeah. it just really isn't like it's be doing uh, your own bit at home as well you like. have to do your own bit you yeah. just have to do it and you have to find the love for it and you have to you know you have to. I always tell them to track their shots so they can see themselves getting better you know even did it with the Armagh boys this year during lockdown or last year you know I had them kicking from from six or seven spots around the pitch and sending me their scores every day Yeah, because that's all they could do was go down to the pitch by themselves um, and you know when I got the numbers back I had six or seven hundred shots from, from all of them and uh, I was able to break 
break them down, you know, uh, session by session and kind of show them how much the percentages rose over the three months. Yeah. And the simple point I made to them afterwards, every one of them that did, um, and most of them did it. And I was like, did anybody go down? Yeah. Did anybody get worse? And the answer was no. no. And did everybody get better? And the answer was yes. Yeah. And I said, we don't get the chance to do this because we're so busy training. Yeah, yeah. But what I what what I tried to put together wasn't tiring. It was like, you know, six spots, five kicks from each spot, you know, but game speed. Yeah. You know, five meter cone in between them, running a pace, steadying on the kick, right leg, left leg, uh, making them kick from the left leg from the left side and making them kick with the right leg at the right side because the biggest improvement obviously with all of them was you could see their weaker side coming on because coming it's on, just yeah. they're, they're just not they don't take those game kicks that's enough that's so important at a younger age as well isn't it it's even more important at a younger age you know um, but I feel you know there's a, there's a lot of training done now and stuff with, with youngsters and you know I think we just have to keep emphasising to them that they have to step away from the phone you yeah. know they have, to, they have to come away from the Such a I was, I was talking to a bunch of kids above in Nuri on a on um, Thursday I had three work meetings up there and uh, Kevin McKiernan um, who's the down footballer who beat us in 2010 he was on that team I played in international rules with him he's involved with Abbey CBS you know and I just he asked me to, to have a chat with him if I was in Newry ever and I said look listen I have a, I have a half an hour free here and he goes perfect the team are training at 3 o'clock and you come down I said I will so I popped in and uh, kind of talked to them just about the, what they can do over the next month to get better and I said just do all your training like you are but if you can create a competition between yourselves and have a bit of fun with it and see who can get the best scores in from, from kicking and uh, when you get the chance in a month's time in the big game you'll be more likely to put the ball over the bar because uh, you, yeah. you, you've done it more in it and I asked one of the kids to put you know if you can put down your phones for an hour and I said out of interest can you check your screen time Yeah. and your man opened up his phone and it was 3 hours and 20 minutes and I said like could you lower that to 2 hours such a big part of people's lives now, isn't it? It is. And it like is. I'm guilty of it myself. And you know the way you said that you were asking the them to send you pictures of our videos kicking over the bar yeah. and stuff. Like you said, you can go training twice a week for two hours, but you have to be doing your bit at home. And I think that goes for everything because even when I'm above in Cork now, twice a week with physio. Yes. Like the, my physio's warning me you have to still be doing bits at home. Yes. But that that kind of goes for 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 everything in life um i hope you're all enjoying the show we're gonna go for a quick break don't go anywhere because we'll be straight back after these you're very welcome back to the show i'm here with ex carry footballer kieran donaghy if you're just joining us now and missed the start of the show you can get it straight after in the podcast section on the radio carry website at nine o'clock do you think that basketball like when the ball is coming into the edge of the square, do you think basketball helped you in a football? Yeah, in your football as well, catching and stuff. A hundred percent, it did. Um, in in basketball, uh, you compete for ball in the air a lot more than you would in football. You know, does. Uh, there's probably you know there's close on eighty or ninety shots taken by a team. They're going to be making forty percent of them. So there's there's, yeah. there's loads of rebounds there. So you're in there and you're jumping, you're competing, and you're timing, and you're you've got to get it at the pitch of the ball. Especially if you're jumping against Americans that are six six or six seven. Yeah. You know you have to know when to nudge at the right time. You have to know how to get against them so they can't get up get up in the air. Because if you just leave it to a straight jumping contest, you know you're always at the mercy of who's got the higher jump. Yeah. 
So like my hip movement and trying to get in against fellas and trying to lean away from them at the right time to get the ball was predominantly basketball based, like yeah. you know, and like my my footballing abilities were were probably ninety percent basketball skills, whether it be catching it, you know, seeing guys coming off me, being able to hand pass it on the money with either hand, um, you know, having the the, the vision to see them, you know, having the speed of thought, they're all decision making which Even is the your, biggest one your you know. positioning off, your position off the ball as well probably <laughs> yeah and you know like that decision making is the biggest one really in basketball you could make three or four hundred decisions in a game yeah. you know in the in the All-Ireland final against Donegal I touched the ball 11 times you know made 10 good decisions and you know what came out of them was, was, was all positive so yeah. you, you make so many decisions in basketball when it comes to football when you've you get used to making decisions. You get used to have to making decisions. Yeah, uh, and I think that really, really helps. If you look at the basketballers that have played at a, at a high level, whether it be Darren McCauley or Mike Quirk or Lee McHale or Cheryl Lock, Ronan McGarity, they all had good, you know, decision making. Even in the women's game, the likes of Louise Galvin, you yeah. know, you could see her on the pitch that she was just looked that right. step ahead. Yeah, uh, and that was down to her basketball stuff, and she even took her basketball decision making and into the rugby so it goes to show doesn't it it does it does basketball's a great game for that and that's why like I always encourage like are you playing football good man yeah are you playing basketball no you should go down and play a bit of basketball during the summer cause, or during the winter it's a winter game Yeah. it's on in, in the hall Yeah. with the heaters on no ice there's no ice it's never going to be called off it's never rained off it's never too windy uh, so it's a game that you can get real momentum on in the winter and uh, uh, and you know even these underage development squads like we have to be careful with them to you know if there's kids playing basketball and them they shouldn't have to choose between going into the development squad that's going to train from January to June and their basketball season's going to finish in February but they'll be made give up the end of their basketball season to go in and do movement and weights and whatever yeah. they're, whatever they're going to do but it, it, it should be looked at you know especially and I think it is more and more and I think the football community are more like when I was you know when I was in school like you know the, the basketball team and I wanted to play in the football team and it was like you'd have to pick basketball or football like yeah, you know yeah. uh, and and we shouldn't be putting that on, on youngsters on there's enough going on in yeah. their lives without disappointing their bodies that they've been playing with all year that yeah. they have to go oh sorry lads I can't try and win the league with you in the basketball because I have to go into development squad because we have a tournament that's happening in the summer Such so just kind like of just yeah just getting the balance right about that about like you know if we're developing players for football that's fine but we have to realise that if they're playing especially basketball, basketball I think as a second game we should be one encouraging more of them to go play basketball because defensive ability sliding getting low getting your hands out they're all big now in the football tactics tackling side of it yeah. the offensive the hands the vision the decision making the coordination they all really transfer well over to football so we should actually be nearly encouraging more oh, of our young together. footballers to just look listen for two or three months or even in school go play with the second year basketball team Yeah, just go down and play it even if you're not great you'll figure things out you'll start to learn things even fitness wise you're yeah. like basketball you're constantly up and down con and it's a different kind of fitness like football fellas will be like how did you play a game on Saturday and then play a game on Sunday the time we, we won the league with the Warriors like and you'll be saying it's kind of it's 40 minutes there's loads of timeouts you know it's all really sprinty stuff yeah. you know what, what kills the body is long endurance and up and down pitches on wet days and you know, you get up the next morning and you'll be like, oh, jeez, I'm sore. Like, there's yeah. no way I could go play another football game. Whereas with basketball, 
you can you can kind of play back to back on it so it's 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 not too evasive on the body either so it it should be something that should be encouraged I feel with with development squads in Kerry uh, and indeed in, in in the clubs in Kerry clubs um throughout your whole career obviously good and bad days and you you've talked openly about your your dad and stuff even on the pitch as well how how would you overcome difficult times and like say under pressure would you is there something that would drive you to overcome adversity throughout your career? Uh, is there something? That's a good question, man. Um, I, look, I'm uh, thankfully I just have a competitive streak in me, like that. I don't really need too many reasons. Yeah. Like if they were to throw a ball up to me and you know, like I'd still go for it. Like, yeah, you yeah. Know, <laughs> it'd be uh, yeah, like it doesn't need to be much. It could be you know a tying, uh, a kind passing competition, and I'd want to try and win a PlayStation the same. Uh, so yeah it's it's you know I always knew I'd fight hard enough when I needed to most because of the want to not let those around me down and to try and and help us be successful like I could take my my own disappointments very easily out of the equation to to, to you know like if I wasn't having a great game you wouldn't really know it because I'd still be running around trying to fight for ball and and, yeah. and, and, and and do whatever it takes to try and win a game so I don't think I needed too much uh, outside motivation obviously famously in 2014 there was a bit of uh, outside motivation that, that came in handy Yeah. Uh, but look to be honest it, you know I didn't need too much of that but I always felt I was proving myself I still am Yeah. I always feel I, I, I always there's something in you to pr- yeah to prove myself yeah especially in a football pitch because I was never really overly comfortable on it yeah and it's not even to prove others wrong like you just said it's to prove yourself right yeah yeah I think exactly. that's, that's important yeah it is it is and just to back yourself you know because if you're not backing yourself you know and there's especially if you're young and, and there's young listeners I know will be listening to this podcast if they're struggling with, in sport just break it down what am I struggling at? Yeah. And there's only one recipe then. Try and go fix it. Yeah. Get help off a coach. Get help off one of your teammates. I remember Brian Denny, a good buddy of mine when I was young. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have been, I was couldn't get on the school team. I was barely on the stacks team for my age group. I was very, very, very average footballer at 16. And Brian used to bring me kicking with him all the time. Brian was looking like a guy that was going to go on and play for Kerry for 10 or 12 years. He was the fastest fella on our team. He was the strongest he was shaving before we got to primary school I'd say he was just a man you know yeah. he was, he, and he was just the quickest strongest player that was out there and he was as brave as a lion and he went on to have a very good career with stacks until injury you know an injury probably held him back uh, but when you're that explosive and that fast you know that comes your way um, but you know it was I think having him take me down kicking him being one of the better players gave me huge confidence yeah. that he was interacting with me in it and I tell always at my camp I'll pull aside the best few players and I'll say we're playing games now and our lads okay you see that girl over there she hasn't scored now in two days Yeah. so I want you to talk to her I want you to tell her where to stand and then you drive and use all the skill that separates you from being one of the best players because you've put in all the work but this girl's only starting so if you can dribble get into the key and it'll bounce past her and if she scores then like you've made her weak like yeah. she's going home telling everybody at home at the camp like that I scored that's where it is and you don't know then what that does for her Yeah, you know so when you're when you're like and I know that from being the, the, the very average footballer to 
you know, little little bits like that and little moments and little goals and little, little things that happen can have a, have, a, have a huge effect. I suppose we'll talk about the foot carry football these days. There's a there's a lot of youngsters coming in and Jack is obviously back. Um, uh, there's one question I wanted to ask you, and I ask every every person I meet, <laughs> what do you make of the, the American football? Uh, I like the mark in the middle of the field, and I hate the other mark. Yeah, because um, I think they tinkered with it too much. Ian, to be honest with you, yeah. it was a very simple rule when they were talking about it first. It had to be kicked outside the forty-five, and it had to land inside the twenty-one. And if you caught it inside the twenty-one, you could call a mark. And for me, that's the ball that people want to see. That's the ball that when you're in the Hogan stand and someone's running down the wing, and there's a two-on-two inside, and someone pumps in that high ball. I think everybody is pretty much on the edge of their seat when that ball is coming in on top of the square. Yeah, should be able to kick it over. It, you, you, I, I remember catching loads of balls in there and fellas had let me catch it and when I landed there'd be three of them on me and I wouldn't be able to even get a hand pass off. Yeah. So I, that was the basic mark rule and I was very in favour of that at the start. I said, great. We were getting no long kick outs. They introduced a long mark and all of a sudden fellas are kicking the ball 70 yards because yeah. they know if we catch it, catch it we're yeah. on the attack straight away. And if they'd have kept it simple like they planned on doing I think it'd still be a successful rule because what it would generate is kicking it that kick outside the 45 to the 21 would take away all the rubbish of this 20 metres and is he inside the 45 and is he outside the 45 and was it did it travel far enough and did he put up his hand quick enough and the mark wasn't brought in for fellas to run out to the top of the D and catch a little 20 yard kick pass into the chest and get a free for it that's not and that's what annoys people so I like the kick out one because it encouraged long kick outs which we were losing in the game yeah. and the, the, the Kerry tradition the Mick O'Connell's the Jackos the Daras that's what we want to see yeah. and that gets people up off their seats and I think the ball that players used to play into me that time high ball I think people why people in Kerry would have a, a, a good feeling towards me maybe not outside Kerry but yeah. certainly <laughs> people in Kerry because they love the excitement of that ball going in yeah. and I remember even in 2006 when we started pumping ball in like there was Jesus, everybody, there was nobody going around like, oh, we're playing bad football and we're passing too much and we're going back too much. There was no one saying that. It was all like, it was all real. This is Kerry football and we're kicking it in like we used to do to the bomber and they were all delighted with it. But I think if they left it that simple, it'd be okay. Yeah. I think all the messing, you know, is 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 the reason why I want to get rid of it now. And, yeah. and, I, and I think we'll lose the chance now that we could have had of just keeping the very simple 45 to 21, easy to ref, so if I run out and I jump for a huge ball and I land outside the 21, the ref can see that. Yeah. So it's not a mark. Now I have to play on, which would, which would encourage that. But if I'm going backwards and going out over an inline and catch a big high ball that's been pumped into three of us, you know, I think that skill, taking the risk to pump in the long ball is the first thing because teams don't want to really do that now because they're terrified of turnovers. Yeah. So by taking the risk, you should be rewarded by getting the option to land and set up a goal chance, which people would love to see, or land or catch a high ball above people where people would love to see that too and get rewarded for that by tipping it over the bar. Yeah. So I think that would that would have simplified it, but of course, in a typical GA rules, uh, we love to complicate it. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm the exact same. It's unreal for middle, like, did long, long kick outs and it encourages it. We're going to go for a quick break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be straight back after these. Welcome back to Stand Out with me, Ian O'Connell. I'm here with ex-Kerry football legend, Kieran Donaghy. I suppose a lot of people know you're a big family man and your two kids, Lola Rose and Indy, they're, yeah. they're, they're a massive part of your life. Yeah. As they were growing up, they, when you, and when you were playing sports, did they kind of did they 
that they motivate you to be the best you can as well because you can see that they're a massive part of your life yeah uh, again I don't think it was any extra motivation but I think uh, certainly getting huge enjoyment you know in sharing me playing and they're old enough to kind of remember it now with Lola Roses and I she's and we'd Ruby May too uh, uh, 11 months ago she's the little baby uh, so she's obviously bl- uh, in it no idea of what's going on but Indy and Lola Rose they're you know, of that lo- age they're of that age and I had Lola Rose up my shoulders when we won the basketball league like and she was lovely pictures of her touching the cup when we're all jumping up and celebrating and there's confetti falling around her head and you know images like that that I'll have forever yeah that I wouldn't have had obviously if I'd have stopped playing because obviously yeah. look when you have kids it's harder to keep playing but thankfully Hillary at home is unreal uh, uh, and keeps the whole show on the road uh, along with a little help from uh, Nan my my own mom who's brilliant she uh, was so a big part of your life as well huge huge uh, no matter what hardship she went through she never let it show and I think I probably got that off her and uh, yeah so being able to share them moments you know there was a lovely picture of me and Lola Rose after the Brendan's game where she was you know we scored the penalty and the crack was mighty and she was delighted with it and you know getting to I told her like you know we, we against South Kerry I said if we win three more games now we you know because obviously the East Kerry game was such a hard game yeah, you know yeah. to call because we had shown great form in the league but they've got unbelievable players so after that you're kind of going oh South Kerry now and if we win three more games we might get a cup you know another cup because we won the club championship so I said three more games we might get another cup and then you can come onto the pitch then and then St. Brendan's game she got onto the pitch so she was like, are, 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 are you getting the cup? I was like, no, there's one more game to go. <laughs> uh, uh, and yeah, Indy was, did an interview with me and RT up my hands and she was like Dougal and Father Ted where she was, uh, you know, don't touch the button on the plane. Like, like you've lots of buttons in front, you know, like don't touch the, the, the wrong one. Like, and she, of course, I, I said, don't touch the microphone or don't talk. She said, no problem, Dad, yeah. And then, 30 seconds into she's pawing at the microphone but uh, uh, yeah, so I lovely age. lovely moments like that and you know even for them to experience the parade and to see the excitement they had getting the face painted and going on the on the march up to Austin Stacks and the songs and the flags and the colour and the foghorns and all that she's just you know I was I was I was that when I was 11 out in Clarny that time in 94 and, she, and you know the tradition is, is following on now lovely with, with her so uh and they're into the sport, like they're into the football, they're into the basketball. They're they're both playing both games, you know, and it's and it's great for them because I believe sport for kids in this day and age, I think it's the best form of teaching them resilience that we can get because I think in how we ha- in how we parent now, you know, it, it's kind of it's harder, you know, to to to. You know, we we all know when we were young, like we could get a clip around the air, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we all know that, and that's gone. So it, 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 you know, and there's a bit more before you'd say your dad would say, no, you're not getting that, and if he gave you the look, you knew that was the that's end enough. of it. Whereas they they don't have any fear of that yeah, anymore, yeah. so they keep asking, and sometimes it's a bit easy just to give in in the end. So it, it's hard to teach them that resilience, but I believe sport is the best natural form of you're going to lose more than you win you're going to lose and you're going yeah. to lose and you're going to lose and you're going to lose and you know that's life so and I think, it, I think it prepares you you know really well for, for life outside of you know outside of of that bubble when you get to when you've you know when you're a teenager and everything feels like it's a huge disappointment or you don't get something you want and it's the you know it's the end of the world 
uh, I believe those that, that, that go to battle on the sport field and have the, the resilience built up from all those losses I think they're just able to take that a bit better uh, and, and that's why I think sport is so crucial for kids it is like you said about the buttons and stuff at that age they're so inquisitive and they yeah. they want to try try everything that they can see I was going to ask you who was the best defender you played against but that's there's so many you probably couldn't name one <laughs> is there one game that when you were playing with Kerry that you always look forward to oh Munster final in Killarney yeah that was the uh, oh I, I just got goosebumps there unreal <laughs> just coming over the I used to go to back road yeah. And you just come in up by the head or turn off there and you'd start coming down and you'd see the cars parked all up the road and Phyllis sitting on the bonnet eating sandwiches at twelve o'clock for <laughs> three o'clock or half three AM and you'll be you know you're close to getting into the bubble where you want to be with your with your with your teammates and uh the colour, the green and gold and the, the rebels around the place and the the, the, the the crack would be mighty. But that was the game that uh I certainly look forward to the most. Thanks a million for coming in, Karen. I really, really appreciate it. Yes, no, and, um, and keep up the good work. You're I want to say as well when I when I came out of hospital. Remember, I went back to you. Know, you were training in Tralee, and I went back. And you were the the one person that came up and gave me your number, and you said if you ever need anything or anything. And um, I really appreciate that. So. Thanks a million for for that. And no hassle, for, no hassle. And like you're pretty inspirational in what you're doing. Um, you were dealt an incredibly hard blow. The resilience you're showing is 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 what you know we should be talking to our kids about, and you know you know how you how you strive, and I'm following you on Instagram, and I see all the the exercises you're doing, and how you're trying to get your movement patterns better, and so for yourself, and uh, you know that's that's top level stuff that you're at. So keep up the good work that you're doing with this, because you know you're 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 a natural storyteller, you're 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 well able. Keep it up because it's uh, it, I think it'd be a good avenue for you, and you've a good very good level of the knowledge of the game so yeah. you know drifting into sports and drifting into to, to sports journalism and that kind of stuff is is, is you know a, a road that, that could lie before you yeah. and uh you know it's i know you love the game so you know it's it, it's it's a great way to to stay at the edge of it you know and uh keep up the stuff that you're doing with the physios and and uh yeah we'll, we'll monitor your progress and yeah as i said if there's ever anything um i can do there's no hassle just let me know and uh i'd be glad to help appreciate that and like you said the the physio um is getting stronger and stuff and it is man yeah it's 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 I remember yeah. when i was in hospital that the a, a doctor told me once that i'd never again move my hand and yeah i brought when i went back for a checkup i um i brought her back to that one spot i said what you say to me there two years ago and she said um i said with your with your injury you won't move again and i lifted up my hand and shook her yeah, I nearly said, "What do you think of that what job, Rally?" What do you think of that job, Rally? <laughs> <laughs> no, Karen, thanks, Milan, and happy Christmas to yourself and the and the family. Yeah, thanks, man. Your Christmas jumper is is oh, quality. Boy. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Milan. No hassle, man. Appreciate it. No, I enjoyed it. Thanks. I hope you all enjoyed the show, and I really appreciate you all tuning in over the last couple of weeks. If you have any suggestions, questions, or requests. You can get in contact with me through my email ioconnell at radiocarry.ie. I hope you're all set for Christmas and have all your shopping done. I'll be back at the same time next week from 8 to 9pm. So until then, stay safe and mind yourself. You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry.